0: The good, the bad, and the Boucherian. The good, the bad, and the Boucherian. And folks, you're listening to The Good, The Bad, and the Boucherian.
1: Like, you know, sort of even the politics that I consume, for example, wouldn't just be like Kenyan politics, wouldn't just be UK politics. Like, I would be looking at politics across the world. You know, if it's just in terms of world, you know, just very worldly. I like to, look at the world as a whole, rather than just, you know, a single country. And I think that's partly contributes to it. Let me tell you, school ended at 3.35. And also that was, that's a very important thing to note, right?
0: Because,
1: mm-hmm. because they emphasized extracurricular activities, school ended, in my opinion, quite early. Like I came from a school that used to end at 5 p.m. for no reason. Like just for absolutely <laughs> no reason. Let's not talk about it. We used to end at five pm. And I'm like, why is it ending at five pm? And then I joined the school that ends at three thirty-five, and I'm like, eh, it's a bit early. There was that aspect, but like the extracurricular activities, yeah. What was I going to talk about in my university applications? What was I mm-hmm. talking about in my applications? It was these extracurricular activities. I spoke about world scholars. You know, I spoke about you know debating and that. I spoke about um, citizenship projects that we did. I spoke about um, leading you know different. Things, just volunteering, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so absolutely help me get my university, um, help me get into union, also help me get a scholarship. So yeah, absolutely. Because I I honestly, if you don't do extracurricular activities, I don't actually know what people write about. (laughs) What they're (laughs) to write about. I had so much content Mm -hmm. because I was so involved. Yeah, and I wasn't even a prefect or anything at my school, mind you. Uh huh. I wasn't prefect, I wasn't like, you know, anything major, I wasn't head go-ahead boy, anything. And mm-hmm. it's still, I still went, in my opinion, I still got pretty far, so.
0: Okay, just tell us you're an academically gifted child.
1: No, but I was, I literally am not, I am not. That is a fact of the matter, I'm not. But I used to work <laughs> smart, like I knew what I needed to do. I mm-hmm. knew what not to waste my time on, and I knew what I needed to spend my time on. Oh my god, did I tell you about how I begged my mom to reset an exam?
0: No way. It's your boy, Billy, back at it with another episode. Hope you guys are keeping well, keeping safe amidst the pandemic and things are going well on your side as they are on mine. And I keep on telling you guys I need to get a new intro because the pandemic is coming to an end. But again, I'm seeing numbers of COVID rising. So guys, don't forget to mask up. And today, my guest in studio is Yan Kantai, an ambassador of WISA. She was the president of her university at the Imperial College East Africa Society So as you heard, she went to the Imperial College in London And did a Bachelor of Science And Biomedical Sciences And today we'll be talking about All things for her being a global Citizen, going to one of the Best international schools in Kenya That is Brookhouse, and what are Some of the opportunities it afforded her With it being a round square School, and What it is for her now being in the UK How life has been in the UK Talking about job opportunities having to find a job was it easy for her was it hard so sante let tell me first how has life been at the uk
1: there's this day <laughs> which is very on topic to be honest um there's this dating app it's called thursday and basically it only works on thursdays so uh-huh. every other day of the week it's turned off basically
0: oh so today's starts so that's why you have to buy to get today
1: no so my friend was just like oh do you want to go and i was just like Well, to be honest, I'm not really doing anything this evening, so it's like, you know, might as well go. But I'll get into the app, because I think that it's actually a really interesting place to start. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And essentially, on Thursdays, you can do one of, actually, you can do any of them. You could swipe on people, so that's when, like, everybody who's active, like, they turn on the app, and then you can see them, like, Tinder-style swiping and messaging them. Um, And then if you message them and make connections with them, the connections expire at 12 a.m thursday thir- uh, friday so you really? have until the uh-huh. end of thursday um and in that time you can like switch numbers or you can go on a date like whatever so then the second part of the app is the events so again the events only run on thursdays you can buy your tickets any other day of the week but they all happen on thursdays so some of them are like activities like you can go for like a haunted house type of thing or you can go for like a bar night so you just show up at a pub or at a bar or at like just at a venue and there's just a bunch of like single people there and then you just like <laughs> talk to them like get to know the- it's yeah mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting so I went for it last week uh no two weeks ago and honestly it wasn't it's just a very interesting very interesting concept um yeah
0: how does it leverage over Tinder and uh, all other dating apps? Apart from the Thursday thing, yeah. which is very interesting.
1: Yeah. What else
0: would you, where would you it to Tinder, for example?
1: So, okay. Tinder, I hate Tinder with my whole heart and soul and self. Um, this is just going to be so embarrassing to just reveal to the whole entire audience how abysmal my dating life is. But anyway, for your podcast, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, so essentially, so, Okay. When I first got into the dating apps, this was now in, I think, 2020, just before I had met my then-boyfriend. And the first app that we got was Tinder because it was, like, you know, the automatic app. It was the first app that, like, came out with these, you know, the concept. Um, But then quickly, I just realized that the men on there are just not serious, to be honest. Mm It's completely just like a hookup app. It's not, it's just, I don't think it's very authentic, but I know people have met other people, there and like it's been successful. But like, in my opinion, I very quickly then got Bumble and I just found it to be a lot better. Like it's very female focused. But then again, I also got tired of Bumble. So this one is is interesting because it forces you to meet people, right? With the other dating apps, you sort of can message them and people can ghost you very easily. Like you don't really get that like face-to-face interactions. Whereas with this one, it's like face-to-face. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so interesting to have to, like, actually meet people. Um, Yeah.
0: I just... Two questions about that. One Mm -hmm. is, obviously, back in Kenya, you know how we are about dating apps. It's just, like... It's, like, your last resort. Like, you've missed all people. So why would you go to dating apps? So guys are, like, very yeah skeptical is not the right word but you know averse, there's a stereotypic yeah. notion about it and two yeah. is that even with the meeting people so for me for example probably yeah. let's say if i had social anxiety and yeah. uh as you said the app is very oriented to making guys make the connections and meet yeah. each other for you how has your experience actually meeting guys have you ever met someone who's very creepy or how do you gauge on right dating
1: apps in general or on Thursday
0: both
1: i would say so with the other dating apps it's quite easy to sniff out the creepy people right Mm -hmm. um so i did okay i wouldn't say he's creepy i kind of feel bad for saying that um but i uh, he was just (laughs) very (laughs) very persistent i just think that there's a lot of like um, what you what do you call them, like, unwritten rules of dating apps? Like, when somebody ghosts you, like, you don't do anything about it. You kind of just accept it. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, like, a known thing. So I didn't meet somebody who didn't fully understand the idea that I was ghosting him, and he kept sending me messages. Um, so I, that was, like, the most creepy that I got to. When it gets to, like, the point where you're dating somebody, like, you're meeting them off of other dating apps, not inclusive of Thursday, um, I think that at that point, you sort of have gotten a feel of them i sort of used to have a system where i would sort of make it like like it would be steps so it would be like the message and then if there's like a vibe then i would like initiate like a phone call and if that was a vibe then i'd initiate a video call and if that was a vibe then we would meet in person so it's like Mm -hmm. three steps to get to know somebody and then after that i'm like okay cool i think we i think you will not end me um and that worked pretty well but then yeah i for people who are socially anxious like i just feel like thursday is definitely not the app for you like you definitely have to be the sort of person that's very comfortable meeting people and like interacting with people because if you're very shy and anxious on this particular app you're not going to get very far you have to meet people but then also the events happen in pubs and bars Mm -hmm. um and i think the idea is just liquid confidence to be honest so if you're a bit shy then you could like you know boost yourself a little bit (laughs) and become a bit less anxious um but yeah i think just using the three step process that i used is quite a good way and through it i didn't meet anybody who was creepy really
0: so you've never had a bad experience with a dating app
1: i've just had okay well obviously i had like the worst experience where i met (laughs) i met somebody and proceeded to date them for six months and then you know that went to a very chaotic place i still Mm -hmm. don't count that as as a bad experience it's kind of a weird experience and then after him i just i honest i honestly just think i've been quite lucky and i've had friends who've also said to me like you're just quite lucky on these abs um i yeah i won't go into too much detail um but no and i And not
0: question on the stereotypic way of looking at dating apps
1: yeah oh what was the question
0: how you know back in Kenya how we yeah, beautiful. Is, you know. Yeah, I mm. yeah.
1: I would not go on dating apps in Kenya for sure. I <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't because because the environment is very different, right? Like here because mm-hmm. because I also live in like in London, like it's you know, it's like a capped it's it's London, if you know what I mean. Like it's quite I don't want to say how cosmopolitan, but very like people are ready, like people are on there, like authentic it's just the way of the land whereas in back home I just feel like your normal guy slash girl wouldn't really go down that avenue like we have other ways
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. also I'm
1: not very familiar with the dating scene back home because I didn't I never really did I was quite young when I left so
0: speaking of now that clearly the listeners can tell you're a very you're a global citizen (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> where did all that start do you feel like uh your parents probably taking you to different system of school in kenya then from the normal eight for four actually actually be ready and experienced and what has been experienced um in the british system is this something you'd 10 out of 10 recommend or no and then i'm not i'm asking you some yeah. questions at once but again yeah, like, you're gonna have you... repeat them. <laughs> yeah i'll repeat them but how do you, how do you? I feel like sometimes for you, probably it's like two realities where, if in Kenya, as you said, the dating scene in Kenya is very different from where you are in London, yeah. So, how do you meet your two realities? Like, how do you do you feel like Hannah Montana, like Miley and Hannah Montana, or <laughs> yeah? So, you tell me about, all about that,
1: okay? Okay, <laughs> what was question number one? Let's do this like one by one because I can't remember like half of them. Um, so the first yeah. question, yeah
0: was on uh, the system. So do you yeah. feel like, you being a global citizen, so do you feel like you going to the British system set you up for, to be ready, to be a very global citizen, to enjoy travel, okay. to know how to interact with different cultures more easily? Okay. And, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, let's start there. Okay. Um.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: Um. okay, so I think definitely, like, going to the schools that I went to, did help a lot with it um i was very very lucky to have been given opportunities to travel a bit when i was younger so that was definitely one aspect of it but i honestly think maybe wasn't the biggest aspect i think it was because my family i don't know if they would consider themselves to be global citizens but you know part of my nuclear family um did a lot of traveling um so my aunts for example did part of their educations in different countries. One of them's job is like 80% travel. My mom did a lot of traveling, my dad. So, you know, like just sort of being in like an environment where there was a lot of traveling happening, a lot of like living in different places and sort of um, being taught to appreciate that aspect. Um, Yeah, so I think, yeah, definitely my family helped with that for sure. Um, And I think that was a bigger aspect, but then yeah, also getting the opportunity to go to British schools where, for example, you know, Brookhouse was round square, quote-unquote round square. Um, I don't know if you know about that. I honestly don't really know about that, to be honest. You can
0: elucidate for my listeners and I.
1: If you can just imagine, how would I even explain? You know, sort of like a collection of schools around the world who sort of have a single goal Okay, you know how, have you heard in the UK how there's, like, Russell Group schools? Mm-hmm. So, if you can, you know, just sort of, like, a bunch of random schools that have decided that they're all part of, like, a group of something. I'm doing a terrible job explaining this. No, yeah, I'm actually
0: understanding. You're doing a good job yeah. explaining.
1: So, basically, it's just, like, schools around, I think it's around the world, who have all decided that, You know, part of education is, of course, the academics aspect of it, but extracurricular is also a big thing. So they sort of emphasize that extracurricular aspect. And then they do a lot of like, quote unquote, round square trips. So you could have a trip to like Arusha where there's I don't know what what's happening in Arusha, but something is happening and and a bunch of schools just go and do that thing. Mm -hmm. So in my year group, you know, it wasn't it wasn't um, uncommon to have many trips happening. So it wasn't uncommon to have round square assemblies which we would have, I think, like once a month. And it was just a time when people would come in and talk about their round square trips. So you had people going to like Japan to do a random science fair or people going to Accra to do I don't know what. And, you know, so, yeah, Mm -hmm. being in a round square school definitely helped to give me the opportunity to travel to different places and meet different kinds of people. And then, yeah, just decide that I wanted to be a global citizen and then coming into uni, feeling that very strongly.
0: So I'll ask you definitely what does yeah. it really mean to be a global citizen and two about the round, round square schools right
1: Have
0: mm-hmm. all the schools you've been in round square schools and if not what is the biggest difference you'd, you'd say about the round square schools mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of some of the parks that it offered apart from the travel is it that even the school curriculum and the school activities in the school themselves make mm-hmm. you feel like yeah
1: like i mean actually
0: an elite okay
1: okay okay so the first question was what it means to be a global citizen yes Uh, you know i haven't looked up the definition of this so i might just be speaking my own nonsense but i would just say somebody who feels as if okay so i definitely feel tied to kenya for sure like the Mm -hmm. long-term plan is definitely to come back home i am definitely like through and through kenyan like if you ask me You know, point blank, where you're from, Kenya automatically. But I think that there's an extra layer, and maybe it's also, I don't know. So you come into university, right? And then I think that people are categorized as like home students and international students, Mm -hmm. right? And so I come from Kenya, so I'm automatically an international student. Um, And it means that, you know, I might meet somebody who comes from Greece or somebody who comes from, like front fronts or whatever. And we all just sort of have like a shared experience. The media that we were consuming when we were young is very similar. Like we can talk about things in a very similar way. It just sort of feels like you can relate to people who have been around, I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just a world view. Like, you know, sort of even the politics that I consume, for example, wouldn't just be like Kenyan politics wouldn't just be UK politics like I would be looking at politics across the world you know if it's just in terms of world you know just very worldly I like to look at the world as a whole rather than just you know a single country and I think that's partly contributes to it uh then you asked me about being in the round square system and if I'd ever been to any of the schools that were part of it um no I hadn't been um, non-primary school not in my first secondary school and then Brookhouse my third secondary school and yeah I did feel as if um, yeah and not a leap but I would say it definitely felt different like I did go to a, another uh, secondary school that was a British system and it was two completely different um, experiences and I just mm-hmm. felt like like in Brookhouse for example it just felt very I just really liked that aspect of extracurriculars. Like you're more than your academics. Like you can gain so many skills from, from going to places and from, just taking part in different things, rather than just you know I wake up in the morning, I go to school, and then I study, and then I go to sleep. You know, it was like I you know mm-hmm. I went to school, and then maybe I had a choir on Mondays, and I had I don't know uh, World Scholars Cup practice on Tuesdays, and maybe I was doing like interhouse poetry, whatever, on Thursdays, like, it was just a lot more, I just felt a lot more rounded. Um, Yeah.
0: Speaking of, I remember World Scholars, wow, such a good time (laughs) to be alive. (laughs) Did you do
1: World Scholars? Yeah. Funny
0: thing. Let me tell you, we were to go to Greece.
1: I went to Greece, uh
0: Then, that's what I was saying, classism, we were to go to Greece, and somehow, every school, you know, one thing, one unique, unique thing was that our school and one other school where mm. two only eight for four schools that would actually participate in our scholars
1: was it light it, academy yes yeah
0: because that's where they used to take place right for the
1: yeah yeah
0: past rounds yeah so and also at Ava, brookhouse
1: also at brookhouse yes yeah so
0: you'd notice our school is british system or yeah whichever system american
1: system yeah
0: american system and for the greece all of you guys got visas and we were the no only way. ones no way We No, do you know know I would
1: actually fight? I would actually fight. Let me
0: tell you, we just and you know our school was taking about 20 people, yeah, because you know that is
1: outrageous.
0: We just said no way. And you know, hey, have you ever been heartbroken? Because that time you've already already planned, you're not gonna be because you worked
1: so hard for it.
0: Sigh, and that time you have those medals, you know, the medals you get in the yeah.
1: let me not okay no, that's unpacked so yeah. that. that's no
0: unpacked let's unpack that <laughs> what
1: happened
0: <laughs> that's the question <laughs> what happened
1: are you sure it wasn't like your teachers i'm sorry but like you know teachers kind of
0: can uh, so you know obviously according to to the teachers they haven't come telling us that uh, they've refused to even give you guys the interview what's not i'm wondering because we've given our parents bank statements we've okay mm. to be honest i think obviously the even the classic bit of it is that, obviously, for such programs, mm. you are you had to sponsor yourself, right? Yeah. So, definitely, the ones who could afford to go are the only yeah, ones who are given the yeah. privilege of going for a scholar. So, not yeah. everyone would probably afford. So, definitely, we've given our, bank stat- our parents' bank statements, whatnot. So, all our documents are right. And still, somehow, we were the only ones rejected. And we're still having hope till the last day, just saying, oh, maybe something's going to happen. Maybe the hey till the day of guys leaving and we see you guys again. We're just like okay.
1: That's so sad. (laughs) No, but I I would have looked into that seriously. Like if it was a matter of like the Greek embassy or the Schengen embassy whatever, like that's Mm -hmm. a separate thing. If it was, I don't know, I would have looked into it. But that's and you know
0: I rant about visas, but sorry now for another day. So for you again, what (laughs) um do you also feel like? Like right now, the extracurricular activities you did mm. help you out here. do Absolutely. they actually make you around?
1: Beyond that, it helped mm-hmm.
0: me get into uni. No, about that.
1: So, about getting into uni or how the extracurriculars helped me.
0: All of it. All of it.
1: Okay. Um. If I had gone to any other, okay, everything happens for a reason. If I had gone to any other high school, I would not be in the place that I am today. That is a fact. That is like there's no two ways about it and Mm -hmm. that's because okay a because I had amazing teachers who genuinely cared and nurtured me to get here like they were genuinely backing me up throughout the application processes and not just for university application processes, but for scholarship application processes because UK fee is god Uh, anyway uh, (laughs) so so yeah definitely there was that aspect but like the extracurricular activities yeah, what was I gonna talk about in my university applications? What was I mm-hmm. talking about in my applications? It was these extracurricular activities. I spoke about world scholars, you know, I spoke about, you know, debating in that. I spoke about um citizenship projects that we did, I spoke about um leading, you know, different things, just volunteering, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. Helped me get my university, um, help me get into union, also help me get a scholarship. So yeah. Absolutely, because I, I honestly, if you don't do extracurricular activities, I don't actually know what people write about. <laughs> what they write about, I had so much content because mm-hmm. I was so involved. Yeah, and I wasn't even a prefect or anything at my school, mind you. Uh huh. I wasn't prefect. I wasn't like you know anything major. I wasn't head girl, head anything. And mm-hmm. it's still, I still went. In my opinion, I still got pretty far. So extracurriculars.
0: So how were you able to fast balance? Mm-hmm. definitely even to get a scholarship that means your academia was yeah. really good
1: yeah
0: hey guys let me tell you who was a valedictorian should i tell the listeners anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, um, that's your story to tell
1: <laughs> no so how do i balance it Billy, mm-hmm. really, when they say work smart mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean work smart that thing is not a joke uh-huh. um i will not even lie to you I was not the guy that was like waking up at six am to work and study until seven before I to go to school, and I was not the guy that was going to sleep at one am because I was, you know, sitting at my computer working until twelve. I literally, if I looked at my schedule, I honestly think that I might have been like the laziest person on this no. planet. Now that's no, no, seriously, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Because let me tell you, school ended at three thirty five, and also that was that's a very important thing to note, right? Because mm-hmm. Because they emphasized extracurricular activities, school ended, in my opinion, quite early. Like I came from a school that used to end at 5 p.m. for no reason. Like just literally for absolutely <laughs> no reason. Let's not talk about it. We used to end at 5 p.m. And I'm like, why is it ending at 5 p.m.? And then I joined the school that ends at 3.35. And I'm like, eh, it's a bit early. But then mm-hmm. I realized because they give you all of this extra time to do these extra things. Um, so I literally would finish at 3.35. And then I do some kind of activity until maybe like 5 p.m. And then I would start working at like six, and then I would stop and stop working religiously at 10 p.m. Like, mm-hmm. I did not care what was happening, I was not working at 10. Mm-hmm. So, if you do the math, what's that? It's about like four hours of studying. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to sleep at like 12, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I was just like, you know, you just focus for those few hours, and then the weekends, I would nap on Saturdays. I don't know what to say, I was tired
0: okay just tell us you're an academically gifted child
1: no but i was i literally i'm not i am not that is a fact of the matter i'm not but i used to work smart like i knew what i needed to do
0: i mm-hmm. knew what
1: not to waste my time on and i knew what i needed to spend my time on yeah that was basically and, it to be honest but was that
0: easy for you especially i remember i have a friend who came to brookhouse mm. and her experience was different in terms of the peer pressure she faced, at least joining Brookhouse, was intense. It was crazy peer pressure, you know. That's... Yeah. In, peer...
1: mm-hmm.
0: in, to have the perfect body, to look the, the certain oh, really? perfect way. No.
1: Brookhouse. Obviously. I, I mean, not to invalidate her experience at all, mm-hmm. I think I, you know my story, you know what school I had come from before, where that yeah. was actually the fact of the matter in the most ridiculous sense. At Brookhouse, I literally remember my first day I walked in and I was like, I swear, I literally walked in, I stood and I was like, is looking at me. This is perfect. Like literally nobody cares. Really? You just, nobody cared. No, in my opinion, maybe I was just in a weird year, but nobody cared. You just mm-hmm. did you. You did what you had to do. You decided who you were. I had friends who were like, I am into football. That's my thing academics not really for me Mm -hmm. and then they went on to do i don't know football in a different country and succeeded in their own way like people just did what they wanted to do yeah you just did you i mean i think now it's kind of changed They're kind of emphasizing academics a lot more than they used to Mm -hmm. but i honestly just think it depends on your crowd like i just had a good group of friends who just wanted to spend lunch breaks debating stupid things and laughing Mm -hmm. and that was it full stop Period done. I was like my the things that I prioritize, my friends, my academics, and extracurriculars. That's that's it.
0: And at the time you're prioritizing your extracurriculars, do you always know that all this is gonna come like climax to you getting a scholarship? Not necessarily a scholarship, no. but um, work out for the good, or were you just doing it because you enjoyed doing them?
1: No, I was just a very anxious teenager.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I wasn't <laughs> let's doing unpack that, thing. it's a safe space. <laughs>
1: a safe space (laughs) no no I was just I was actually just incredibly anxious all the time um so with the academics part of it there was constant testing right so I would always be having a test or three tests a week and then you know the results come out and it's like oh my gosh so I was constantly anxious about like keeping up with the academics um I was just the type of person to just cry if things were going wrong and then I was always like (laughs) (laughs) especially towards the end where i we'd have like you know not classes but sessions on like writing a personal statement so like your university essays and the um the scholarship application as well and it was just like if you're doing nothing like you know what do you expect to happen Mm. and so me being anxious i was like you know i want to i want to get to a good place um i didn't to be honest i so what i say i said i was lazy and i was just I would literally just go with the flow. I never even dreamed of coming to the UK at all. I didn't dream of coming to the university there. No way. No, fully. In fact, Mm -hmm. at some point, I was like, I would be fine to stay in Kenya, to be honest. I was like, I would stay.
0: And go where?
1: Wherever. (laughs) (laughs) That was my mindset. I was just like, listen, I just want to get good Mm A-levels. For what? I I didn't know what for, to be honest, at the time. Now I do. But back then, I was like, "Uh, because that's just what you're supposed to do. Um, Yeah. so and also my parents didn't really pressure me that much it's a very interesting thing anyway um yeah tell
0: me about that i was even even i was about to ask you that were you ever experiencing pressure no. from your folks
1: my or how was it me. at home my parents would mm-hmm. let me do what i wanted to do no way. <laughs> i like there was in fact i used to get annoyed and my dad could even tell you this he i used to get annoyed when he would ask me like why aren't you studying or like why aren't you d-? like what like he literally asked me that once and i was like are you joking like are you kidding me no, uh, I was really just, like, self-motivated. Like, even I was the one who was asking for tutors and things like that. Like, I was, no really. was like... Yeah, no, because my mom was like, do what you must do. <laughs> just you do you. <laughs> because, okay, when I was younger, to be honest, things were not going well. Like, <laughs> academic, like, this is in, in private, primary school um, for mm-hmm. various reasons. And so back then, like, she would get annoyed. But then I think she just reached a point where it was like... <sighs> you do you kid (laughs) and then i was just like well nobody's gonna ask me and if if i don't do well like i'm the one who ends up suffering yeah so and they've given me all the tools necessary to do well so it would be a disservice to them if i didn't try
0: Mm. and so i would
1: just do i would just do it and then also the anxiety thing a whole lot of factors
0: (laughs) that's so crazy that you achieve that level of self-awareness so early because for me personally yeah if it were up to me i'd just be lazy <laughs> if it was just you no know,
1: <laughs> but then but then i think it hits a point where it's like why am i lazy why, yeah you know, why, what am i lazy for mm. i think many parents who put too much pressure on their kids their kids then end up fighting them yeah. and i think many kids it's very much like you have to use reverse psychology because like you know you know the whole thing when people are like oh you know i when my mom asked me to go to, the, to do the dishes like i don't want to do it anymore even though i was fully planning on doing it before yeah it was fully that like if mm. they asked me to study i would be like no but yeah. if i if they left me alone i would be like okay i'm not fighting anybody except myself at this point so
0: <laughs> exactly. i might as well just <laughs> do
1: the work yeah. yeah yeah so fully just a different way and i think it just it just worked out that way
0: so your parents are not the typical african parents Oh, no, because as imagining, definitely, if your parents are paying millions for your school fees, mm. then definitely they want to see
1: results. No, the out- result, I was one who was forcing them to come for parents consultations. No way. I was like, yeah, I was like, who's <laughs> coming this year? Because so my parents are not together, and I was just like, okay, so last term it was mom, so this term it must be my dad. <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, by the way, a week in advance, like it's parents consult, like we need to go, and he'd be like, yeah, okay, i sure, will be there. Really? Yeah.
0: When asked, yeah. would pray our parents don't come for those because we knew no. our teachers would just be like, okay. No, I was He's like, I need perform- to hear the feedback.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I need to hear what these teachers think. Like, I need <laughs> to know what, what I need to do fully. Mm-hmm. Um, But also, I forgot to mention, I think it was also just being very close to my aunts and like my cousins who did really well, right? Mm-hmm. So I had an aunt who went to, like, a really, really good... Actually, both of my aunts went to really, really good universities. I had cousins who did A-levels and i Feel ID free
0: to mention really,
1: really them. Well, huh?
0: Feel free to mention the universities to give us imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so it can feel okay. like we're not doing enough.
1: <laughs> uh, no, so... No, I'm, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Let's just keep it on, like... Let's just say really, really good top of the... You know, top of the uh, rankings, universities. Um, mm-hmm. And so that motivated me to be honest it was just like I have aunts and cousins who have done really well and who have been really celebrated for doing well and I would watch like YouTube videos you know those study tubers who would be like IGCSE results day um let's go through my results like I would watch that at
0: Mm -hmm. the beginning
1: of each term and I'd be like I want to be that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's fully like so parents no pressure me pressure on myself so mm-hmm. point where my mom, oh my god, did I tell you about how I begged my mom to reset an exam? No way. This is actually I, Sorry, I, I but basically I had at the time my school would do um AS and A levels. So AS is the exam before A levels, and A levels like the big exam, right? A lot of schools mm-hmm. don't do this anymore, but at the time I was lucky enough. So I did AS and I got my results back and they were good. Like they were good results. But I mm-hmm. had um A slightly lower grade in chemistry and I had a good math grade like I had a a top math grade but I want like I want like the top top math grade Mm -hmm. so I get my results and I'm like okay this is fine obviously we reset the chemistry happening for sure and then the math I was like okay should I reset or not and I was like no I really want to get like the top grade so I'm literally sitting with my mom like okay cool so we're resetting chemistry we're resetting math and she's like why are you resetting math and I'm like what do you mean why like obviously I need to reset math (laughs) you need to get like the top top math grade and she's like at so much like i forbid you from resetting this exam and i'm like you can't forbid me like this yeah yeah just different really yeah i was like begging i was like please i have to reset it
0: i'm those skeptical people who if i reset what if it went badly what if it goes worse i'm just like let me appreciate this is good enough (laughs)
1: I no, I think I think they would take the I don't know actually. I don't know what my thought also, mind you, I'm not like this anymore. I came to uni and was slapped <laughs> in the face and I realized <laughs> I was hit in the face so hard. Uni is actually just a difficult place to be, let me tell you. The first ever uni grade I got really humbled me in life. And this is me fully looking back and admiring my past self. I'm no longer like this. Um but back in the day back in the good days the good i'm day. actually
0: coming to that actually before we go to your uni days, yeah yeah tell me about again your supportive teachers because now you said your yeah. chairs are very supportive mm-hmm. i was talking to someone and i was thinking that probably yeah. in such a school where definitely there's a lot of students a lot of things to do but that's mm-hmm. 35 teachers yeah. also go to the extracurricular so there's no office hours per se for yeah. so you guys but now that you talk about your teachers being supportive tell me about that and were they supportive <laughs> to everyone or had you do you have any show interest
1: um
0: or are you supposed course. to be the one percent of students who okay. are really good
1: okay. <laughs> okay that's let's go back so i moved schools right like i said mm-hmm. i moved schools at uh, i moved schools in year nine term three which is like that doesn't happen typically hmm Because why would you do that? Well, I hated my other school, that's why I did it anyway. Um, so I moved schools year nine to three, moved to Brookhouse. And initially I was like I just had my own panics and problems. So initially I was like, the teachers here suck. Like what mm-hmm. they're not the best. But I think it was just Again, like I said, I was very anxious as a as a student. I was just like, I have to, I have to be as good as the rest of my family. Like, there's no two ways about it. So, I I think definitely a part of why I would say they did like me, but mm-hmm. I would say they would like anybody if you showed the interest. Um, mm-hmm. And then, how were they supportive? Um, less so earlier on. I okay the thing about the Brookhouse teachers and I think Brookhouse also has this rep um where it just um you know people always like oh my god the kids at Brookhouse they just have like the wildest hair like you know what's wrong with them they just like why do they why are they allowed to dress like that like they must be unserious Mm -hmm. but I think the teachers were just sort of like these things don't matter (laughs) Mm -hmm. put your hair however you want to just produce good grades you know if that's your thing or produce music or just be a you know Good at whatever you're doing. I don't care what you do.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: were also very friendly. Like, I remember, like, classes were just fun. Like, the teachers were just funny. Like, you would just walk in and be like, obviously, you would have the couple of teachers that you didn't like who were like too serious or too harsh or whatever. But, like, the vast majority of them were just like, not like, hey, friend, but they would be like, you know, hey, actual person. Like, they wouldn't look down at you. They wouldn't, like, you know, treat you badly they would treat you like a person Mm -hmm. so that was definitely a part of it and then towards um you know towards the end of my time there uh during university they would schedule in like you know one hour sessions once a week dedicated purely to just you know university stuff so whether that meant like scheduling in um ex-students to come in and and talk about like their university experiences in different countries, uh, slash back at home, or whether it meant like, you know, here's like personal statement prep or like, just a lot of support. And then for me personally, they they were just like, she's interested in doing well. She's, I was a STEM student and I think Mm -hmm. that helped a bit more Um, and so for like the scholarship that i'm on i wouldn't have been on the scholarship if they didn't nominate me Mm -hmm. so i didn't even know about the scholarship at all they were like the ones who hit me up and they were like hi there by the way you know we want to nominate you for this thing i was like okay cool um but it was just like yeah i showed the interest and they were receptive to the interest but they would support anybody like they're like like a center dedicated to university prep and you know they were like write your personal statement and send it to us like we'll look through it we'll have sessions with you if you want like just come into my office open door policy um come and speak to us like you know we'll help you out Mm -hmm. and we'll also laugh while we help you out
0: (laughs) do you remember the time we met at uh, one of the um, university things
1: no (laughs) but yeah i can imagine (laughs) which one was it what year was it
0: it was in Brookhouse. Um yeah. as I said, our school was only it for first school, so we'd only really stand out when everyone else is in good uniform, then we're just there in our green uniforms. <laughs> and...
1: <laughs> don't worry, we no, had actually, to orange.
0: It wasn't in Brookhouse, the one we went to in um, this school in Cardiff. Oh,
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, let me not lie to you. During those things, I was just hyper stressed. Why? I was like, because I didn't know what I was doing in life. You know, the course that I chose to do, I literally chose it in December and the application was due on, in January. Mm-hmm. I was confused. I was like, I don't know what I want. Like, I'm just You're like, I'm just here. My parents weren't the type of, like I said, my parents want the type of people to be like, you will go to this university and you will do things. So they were just like, you do what you want. I was like, I don't know what I want. So I would just show up for those university fairs like peak stress, like, oh my gosh, what university is it going to be? Like carrying, do you remember like all of those like booklets that they give us? Yeah. I was just, like, looking around all of those, like, oh, my god, who, who do I speak to? I'm going <laughs> to ask the right questions. I'm going to make a good impression. So, yeah, probably why I can't remember. But, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: some of us knew we were staying in Kenya for uni. So, we just used to come to Joyride and enjoy <laughs> the food and just get out of school.
1: <laughs> I hear you.
0: So, yeah. fast yeah. forward. when are in university and you got in your first shocking grade. Tell me about that. Oh, it's even before that. Tell me about your scholarship. So what did your scholarship package look like? Were your parents excited? Um, or are they like, as you said, it's okay. You know, not big of a deal. Because no, okay, okay. I remember I, I was okay, so okay, happy wait. when you called. I, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, when I say that they... <laughs> it's yeah. not that they're like, no, it's not a big deal. Like, they celebrate me for sure. It's just like when it comes to like the details of things they are a bit more... Just yeah. Say, like do what you want, but if it like if I do something good, they'd be like, "Oh my god, congrats!" Or if I did something bad, they'd be like, "Uh, mm, you sure?" um um Okay. So my scholarship, my scholarship is the best scholarship in the world. Fight me, anybody. I will fight. <laughs> it's <fun. laughs> they don't just give you money, right? Their goal mm-hmm. isn't so they could fully fund your whole education, but they choose not to because they're like, if your parents are also paying for it, then your parents have a stake in things, so they won't just you know be like, okay, my kid has just gone off to university and we don't care about them anymore. Um, It is so, yeah, like I said, it's not fully funded, but it's like it's more than it's very, very well funded. Um, And it it, again, and I keep ending up in these situations. It's not just about the academics. They really, really emphasize the extracurricular activities. So I have like, you know, we would have to do target sheets, for example, term the target sheets. And in those target sheets, there was, like, different areas. So there was academics, like citizenship and so on. So it also made sure that you were proactive during university time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a great community. It's the best.
0: So it's not all about if you, for example, flopped in your academics, they wouldn't pull out?
1: No. I mean, so if you flopped the year, for example, and you mm-hmm. had to reset the year, like practically they're not going to fund this extra year that you're taking because they are not made of money do you know what i mean like it's yeah. practically we actually just cannot do that um mm-hmm. but then i you know i when i walked into the scholarship right i am just like okay you know they've had to do the whole entire interview process i made it here and i'm just like surrounded by all of these amazing people of course the imposter syndrome massive thing but then i i go for this um it wasn't even an event, it was a workshop, because we also had to do these mandatory workshops. And I hear the head of the scholarship, the founder of the scholarship, speaking to a scholar who was in the year above me, and he just failed an exam. And mm-hmm. the head of the scholarship is like, Oh my gosh, um, yeah, we're sad to hear that, that happened, but you know, don't worry about it, just resit it and do the best that you can. And I was like, What?
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: was just like he was just like, Yeah, like we understand it's hard. <laughs> Like, just do it again. Like you're giving it, you're given a second chance. Like you know, do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as you're keeping up with the terms and conditions, um, we're here to support you as well. See, a big thing. In fact, I think you should just title this something like "Support Goes Far."
0: <laughs> and for you, was the? Do you feel like the support was enough? Going to yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. um, th- from the second I got on the scholarship, they gave me a sim card for the UK. Like who gets that? You know, mm-hmm. it's the details. It was like, hi, here's your welcome package. You know, when you land, these are the things that people don't really think about. And then, you know, say you had to travel alone, which I had to travel alone because I Visa problems, my mom couldn't get a visa in time. Um mm-hmm. but then they were just like, so here's a SIM card. So when you get there, it's loaded up with money. When you get there, just change sims and you can message us. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is nice. such a and important thing. I would have gone to the airport. I would have been like, uh, what now? But they're like, mm-hmm. yeah. So literally from the get-go, they were supportive. You know, if I had problems, you know, that whole you know, world event that happened halfway through my degree. Um, they were supportive throughout. Um, what happened? Before the, pandemic. <laughs> 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 the pandemic <laughs> happened. Um, so like in first year, for example, when you get to uni and you get your first quote unquote bad grade, which I also now realize isn't even a bad grade, the uni system of of um, the way they um, grade people in the UK is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, in my opinion, that needs to be changed. But um, they, I would call them and I was like really, really stressed and like trying to, you know, fit in and trying to like, you know, assimilate. And I'm like, I'm just really like stressed and sad. I miss my family. And, and they would be on the other side of the phone. Like, don't worry about it. Like this is very normal. Like, you know, tell me about things. Um, mm-hmm. During the pandemic, you know, when we all had to go back home, the head of the scholarship was like, hey, kids, we are so worried. We don't know what's happening ourselves we're going to schedule like weekly video calls where you can all just come in and talk to each other and talk to us and just tell us what's happening and you don't have to come for them but like we just want to check in on you
0: nice uh-huh
1: Support all the way through yeah so fully fully very very supportive this is why i say it's the best scholarship in the world
0: <laughs> and now for the imposter syndrome how do you deal with that eventually
1: you just cried a lot <laughs> then i got over it i so when you come into uni right i think In high school, it's just the understanding of how grades work. In high school, it was like you know, eighty to ninety percent was an A, ninety percent above was an A star, seventy to eighty was a B, sixty to seventy was a C. And Mm -hmm. you know, for me being the person that I was at the time, I was like, you know, a B is fine, but I don't want to be. I want to be eighty to hundred percent. Then you come to uni and they start telling you things about I don't know first, seconds, and thirds or whatever, and you're like, what is that? And then they start telling you seventy percent onwards is a first. And then the first grade you get is like in the 50s. And you're like, what do you mean in the 50s? This was even not even in my scope. But then you realize, I don't know, maybe, maybe I've just become an underachiever, to be honest. But then, but also I think it's not just me because I did um, my final assessment. Um, before she released the assessment, she took us through an essay. And she was like, she graded this person as 67%. And she was like, this was a really good essay. This was like top of the notch essay. And I'm like, you give them a 67. It's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, You get like a 71 and they're telling you all positives, no negatives. They're literally like, there's nothing better you could have done. And I'm like, do you know how far away that is from 100%? So yeah. where's that 30% going? And it's just like...
0: <sighs> that is 844 for you. That is it. Ah. Uh... I'm just Literally, like the praise praising new, yeah. but the grade is not reflecting the praise. And yeah. then the transcript is not showing what the so whatever you praise me, if the transcript is not showing the A of the
1: B, then it's not exactly. But then, yeah. You know, so you walk in and you get your first grade, and it's like fifty or sixty. If you're like me, an average person, if you know, if you're really Cap, basic, if you've got but,
0: okay, but mm-hmm.
1: okay. Um, but then you're just like in absolute shock because you're like in high school. If I got a sixty, I'd be like crying in the bathroom, throwing up, fainting. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like. It's like what, um, but then you soon come to realize that, like you know, what's the point of this university degree for me? You know, who do I mm-hmm. want to, do I want to go into a master's immediately, or do I want to go into a job? And even regardless of that, if you look at a lot of job descriptions and a lot of like um, master's applications, they really require a sixty percent above.
0: So mm-hmm. you're just like,
1: why am I stressed? Like, truly yeah. why am I stressed? Yeah. And then and then being on my scholarship, where they they literally said to me at the beginning, "Hun, just you just get your sixty percent above." focus on your extracurricular activities because what are you going to talk about when you get you know to an interview and i was like okay cool so if i spend my time trying to get into like leadership positions like trying to do as much as i can and get like a good grade like 60 70 then all's well for me i can do quite well i can go quite far
0: yeah yeah and
1: then soon also realizing that like do you ever hear a pen talking about their university grades (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you really ever hear anybody talking about unless they were like top top of their class? Yeah. Those are the times, like people who've gone quite far, you never hear them being like, Oh yeah, in uni I was like, you know, getting top grades. But maybe I just have like a rogue point of view and maybe I'm just revealing myself. No, same. Me. I not actually do yeah. that. I've never had
0: that anyone unless you're you are your valedictorian of your class. Yeah. Not really talks about, oh I got and especially that exactly. if you're talking with people who've succeeded, for mm. them the university grade is not even in the scope of what success is to them yeah you know? mm. and
1: to be honest for me i think it was also realizing it's more about the university that you go to than the grade that you get like i don't know yeah we might have to cut this one out because it might make me look like
0: no but it's true i agree with you um, feel free
1: i just think for me like I said in high school, I didn't really know what my efforts were going towards, and then I came to uni and I realized, like, okay, that was why I put in the effort. It was for this. It was to go to a really, really good university where, you know, just the sound of from the sound of the university, people are like, oh, now I'm very, very interested in you. Mm. Um, yeah. So,
0: no, actually, I, I agree with you epic. on that. Yeah, because even me just, staying yeah. in Kenya obviously yeah. meant that um, uh, my choices were limited, but I don't. For my parents, yeah. or at least I told my parents, that if I'm staying in Kenya, yeah. you know, you want the university That's that has the good name yeah. at the end of the day. So that if I think, go somewhere, yeah. they're like, okay, yeah. at least we recognize that. We, so We, I we recognize it, yeah.
1: Mm,
0: like, my brother, who was called to about six schools,
1: mm.
0: uh, so all of them, at least four or five of them were giving him yeah. full scholarships. Yeah. So it was a matter yeah. of which one is the best yeah. choice, right? And definitely, we landed on Yale, mm-hmm. because the name you know yeah, the day, yeah, what's in a yeah, name? yeah
1: yeah like
0: as much as this uni might be better at, than yale yeah. at one aspect you just yeah. want to say that i went to yale and everyone was exactly. like, okay you know yeah, yeah so i yeah. completely agree that uh, definitely
1: but yeah and i also mm-hmm. think i don't know i feel like we spend so much time knocking kenya and kenyan universities. i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with them <laughs> like honestly <Have> you ex- <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, my Tell aunt, you. for example, my aunt who ended up going to Oxford for her master's, like she stayed in a Kenyan university, it was the best choice for her.
0: To compare her experience at her university in Kenya and her university there. The thing about university in Kenya,
1: definitely,
0: yeah. as you said, I don't think the teachers sometimes are very involved. It's more of you do, you've got into university. So now, yeah. It's about but, you um, finding your grade, finding your place. We're not going to help you. We're just going to come and, lecture let me, yeah. and it's Done. Mm-hmm. Let me
1: tell you, Billy. That's the case here as well.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Like, fully the case. Absolutely, 100%. And I was shocked as well to come and find. Um, but they were just like, yeah, we're here to lecture. Like, you know, that's why they call them lecturers, not teachers. Very distinct uh, difference. Mm-hmm. They would come in and just lecture. And it was up to you if you wanted to make an impression on them. Mm-hmm. Which I think I didn't really do as much. And I realized that that would have probably made a very big difference in some of the grades that I got. Also, coming to university and realizing that it's your lecturer, the guy who came up in front of class and made a major mistake in the words that he said, he's the one who's going to be grading your work and he's going to determine your life. And me being like, OK, hold on, wait a second, which is partly why I wasn't as stressed as much i mean i was definitely very stressed about academics in university but not as much as in high school it was just like mm-hmm. this is just a normal guy in fact one of my lectures was literally like oh yeah please just don't make your essays like too com- complicated i might be in the middle of doing something else that i mark your work
0: so really that's crazy
1: <laughs> i mean think about it it's true it's literally just like the guy who came up in front of you in class he's the guy who's also marking your work um and there's nothing wrong with that guy but i'm just saying it's a very different very different from high school but it's true in the uk as well yeah they come and they lecture they go
0: but then that's different because in the if from my episode my guests who have lectured uh who go to universities in states for mm-hmm. them they have office hours which are compulsory for the yeah, most part yeah. you know I mean, so you have yeah. to go consult you have to so you for them i feel like and obviously. I, they, I, yeah mm-hmm.
1: uh office hours so i did have a module that wanted to take on this office hour approach but then they kind of did it in a very weird way um this is not to say that the lecturers were disinterested in our learning etc
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i think it's the same in the uk as it is in kenya it's up to you to make that yeah the effort like there is nothing stopping you as a kenyan university student from sending your lecture an email that says i want to discuss this grade that you gave me that is abysmal or I have a couple of questions, yeah, maybe, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. same here as well. I have friends who are like, buddies with the lecturers who are just like, I need to message them 5,000 questions about this thing. And then they, you know, build a good relationship with the lecturers, which of course leads to um, more opportunities. Like I have friends who ended up getting internships just because they were really like, you know, cool with the lecturers and they were like, hey, <laughs> I really took mm. your topic. do uh, you have work for me? But I mean it was fully up to them. Yeah. And I think this is why I'm saying we, I don't know why we just knock Kenyan university so much. I think they're fine. I mean, I think <laughs> they have problems for sure. For
0: your masters, so, please try canon university. In fact, for your masters, would you apply to kenyan University? Um <laughs> that's what I thought. The thing no, is again, no student because, to faculty because ratio.
1: I would do. No, but just because of the thing that I would want to do.
0: What would you want to do? Masters.
1: I don't want to reveal that here now. But I will say okay, <laughs> I will say, okay, one thing I will say though, that is a big difference is the type of courses that are maybe um uh whatchamacallit? That are maybe offered at Kenyan universities that differ from UK universities. Like I do medical biosciences, I don't think I would find a medical biosciences course in Kenya just because I don't think we really focus that hard on research back home. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: so I think yeah, the courses offered here are better, but I don't know. I really can't speak on the topic though um, because I didn't go to
0: Ken University. But again, if you look at the student-to-faculty ratio Yeah, what is it? I ratio? think it's crazy because for me um, in my class, we're about almost heading to 200 people.
1: We're 150.
0: So, 150. Mm. For all your modules, you're 150 people?
1: At the beginning, yeah. In first you know, year. Now. Um no, because then you get to choose your modules in second and third year. But
0: mm-hmm. where
1: 150 in mind, there's other courses that have more, there's other courses that have less.
0: But you didn't first because they're say, common yeah. units. They're common modules. Yeah. So that's because all of you are taking them. But as you go but
1: even in second year, we would it. have common we would have common modules in second year as well.
0: hmm
1: Yeah. 150.
0: Okay. Wow, you made a good case for Kenyan University. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> for but <me>? what? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I feel like yeah. if I was in another university outside Kenya, I'd be more, I'd exert myself more. But as you said, for definitely, sure. those are things you, you just yeah. tell yourself. But you still have the opportunity to do them while in Kenya.
1: Yeah, no, for Is sure. Like I you? think mm-hmm. um, I think Collins on his podcast, uh, on when you had him on, he did touch upon it. Like, yeah, it does definitely give you a, a, an opportunity to grow a lot more. I think that there was definitely a reason why I... Was lucky enough to come here um in that i don't know who i would be today if i'd stayed back at home because i was forced to learn how to live on my own and take care of myself mm-hmm. uh, i would have probably just stayed back at home and then i don't know what, would have, what that would have looked like
0: you'd so, have probably gone to start more probably <laughs> but even with that t- talk to me about interviews you talked about some of your friends getting internships and i know this is the season where a lot of my friends uh, have like- trying to, to get internships as well jobs and the thing about growing up in privilege or growing up with your folks is that you don't see that side of the hassle of getting a job. Till now, we are the ones having to get jobs and you see how crazy it is, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So tell
0: me about that.
1: So I once went for a job interview and they asked me, um, what, what has been like the biggest challenge that you've ever faced, right? And I could have spoken about so many things. <laughs> I could have spoken about coming to the uk i could have spoken about like uh, university life like academics being on scholarship pressure yada yada i literally said to him finding a job has been the most challenging thing i've ever had to do um Uh so i like i live like i said i live in london right and it comes with the name you know yeah everybody wants to be here okay that might be a gross um assumption but for the most part you know People are yeah. like, London, you know, your ears kind of perk up. The job market is so competitive. Mm. So competitive. And it just got to a point where I realized it was like, it's just me, to be honest. I can't, mm-hmm. at this point, you know, what are my parents going to do? We don't have connections here in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> don't even lie. It's true. If you have connections, you will get far <laughs> in most places. And to be honest, I feel like we knock that a lot. But honestly... Anyway, that's a whole entire separate conversation. Nobody. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, okay. Maybe I just mentioned that. I just feel you like... You can If digress. you have a kid, right? And you have friends. And your kid is like, hey, I want a job in this industry. And you're like, you have a friend. Are you going to deny them that?
0: True. Do you know what I
1: mean? So it's like, I know we knock it a lot. But I think that... Yeah. Maybe I'm not considering many other factors. when it comes Or maybe when connection. you call it conne-
0: connection it's when it has a ne- negative connotation yeah. just in networks
1: yeah just networks and i yeah, yeah <laughs> networks networking is very important mm-hmm. for yourself and for those around you that's so anyway maybe we also don't put that in because i don't want people out here telling me that i'm just anyway um <laughs> so no it's just it was the hardest thing to do to be honest from the start i was walking into and i still am walking to the dog market at a very 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 interesting time hint hint recession post pandemic war etc um but when i was looking for internships okay so i think my stress sort of like shifted in high school it was academics and then i came into uni and it very very quickly shifted to like okay need to find a job from day one from the first day really? at university, I was like, I need to find a job. Yeah, because I was also on a scholarship where my the head of my scholarship has a video call with my parents before I go into uni, just after I've accepted the scholarship. And the first thing he says, well, you know, we just need to get her a job. So even before I landed in university, I was like, okay, cool. So the goal is to get a job. And he he's a very, very successful man. And he was like, getting your first job was like the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Him being very, very successful, he was like, that was a very, very difficult thing. And it's gonna be hard. And I don't know what to say to you guys. Just do the best that you can, do as many extracurriculars as you can, like do as much as you can outside of university, but it's gonna be hard. So I walked in, I was like, this is gonna be hard. And then, I was trying to look for internships for um, 2021, summer 2021, and I remember it was, I had gone for all of these talks um, that were hosted by the, my university's career session, so like how to build a good LinkedIn profile, um, how to build your CV, how to write a cover letter, like I was on that religiously in summer 2020, my interest is like when I was back home in Kenya because pandemic things, and I was like okay fine i need to get something for next summer which means i need to start thinking about it now it, like t- summer 2020 you start thinking about internships for summer 2021.
0: Mm-hmm. on
1: september the first i remember i was just like september the first is the day i will start applying and then i was like what do i where what do you mean like it, it, just people just give you all this advice and then when it comes to details you're just like what
0: i was like yeah.
1: apply for what and where do i even apply for things i didn't know um, but it was like getting an internship was like the hardest thing. Eventually I didn't even get an internship. I ended up I ended up being creative. I did something completely different. Um, but so getting the internship was hard and then getting the job as well was also so difficult. Um, it was a very long journey. I won't even go into it, but it's just hard. That's <laughs> all that I can say.
0: And so, then of course it's like uh-huh. all the
1: different biases, so it's not just about like, you know, racial biases, because like obviously you have that. And then to put on The international student aspect, the visa problems—oh my gosh, it was near impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, But people manage and people do really well.
0: So for you, how do you encourage your friends who haven't gotten jobs or whatever?
1: Pray. (laughs) Because it's not like universities where, where okay, on one hand you're paying them, but like you know you, it always felt like in life. There was always this direct relationship between working hard and results, right? If I do class papers, I'll get a good math grade. If I listen in class, I'll get a good biology grade. If I do enough extracurricular activities, I'll get into a good uni. Here, it was like I could do every single thing, and Mm -hmm. it will will, at the bottom of it, it will boil down to luck. Yeah, like literally, just maybe the recruiter was in a good mood when they opened the CVs and they picked me, or where you know. Maybe they like the sound of my name. Probably not. Um, (laughs) But it would be like, you know, just pray. Pray and use your connections. Flatten them. Every single resource that you could possibly squeeze, squeeze it until it's bone dry. LinkedIn Mm -hmm. should be your best friend. I hated that app when I started using it. I still kind of hate it now, but honestly, it was my bestie at the end of the day.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's a big thing back home in Kenya. I assume it is. I assume it would be a bigger, big thing in Nairobi or a big enough thing. But here it's definitely like, I don't know. I quite like, it. I think it's a good tool. It's It literally gives you the opportunity to message people that you may never be able to have direct contact with. Like I could find somebody that I admire and then just drop them a LinkedIn. Like mm-hmm. that, you see. I don't know. You're not good in the
0: whole pressure from linkedin that everyone else is doing something and you are just there vibes
1: i learned how to um a desensitize myself so i at the, when i started using it or rather when i was like in the trenches of like job hunting or whatever i just remember making a critical error which was like waking up in the morning and opening linkedin and then seeing people being like i'm excited to announce and i would be like please i want to <laughs> not exist anymore this has ruined my whole entire day so I stopped opening it like first thing in the morning and then I just started liking random things so that my feed wasn't like flooded with people who are excited to announce like I would just I I was watching which I never do I was watching Dragon's Den and then I saw this like guy who did a really good Dragon's Den so then I mm-hmm. decided to follow his LinkedIn and then I decided it's like his post and you know at the end of the day it's, it's algorithms right yeah so i kind of just like made the algorithm a bit in my favor where it's just like i just want to see interesting things you know those stupid stories that people post about like i was walking down the street and i saw a wounded dog and now i employed that dog that's stupid stuff i like that useless things and then it ends mm-hmm. up putting my algorithm so i'm not getting those i'm excited to announce messages but then also realizing that your time will come so even if somebody's excited to announce today tomorrow it'll be you <laughs>
0: <laughs> the question is what if it's never you
1: it will anyway. be you at some point <laughs> things with like getting a job like have you ever heard of somebody who literally could not get a job their whole life no you will eventually get there
0: but I think again with that it's also learning how to delay your gratification because as, so I was so at which today morning that someone has not gotten a job for the past 10 years so since 2012 this mm. 2022 yesterday was the first time he yeah. got a job so obviously mm-hmm. he's lost his family his wife wait, left okay, him wait, first left of all, not-
1: that's, let's go back not to victim blame, because I'm not a victim blamer, but I think (laughs) but you have to strategize
0: Uh 10 years
1: may, okay, it depends on your situation, but I think Mm -hmm. that strategizing and maybe changing your expectations Mm -hmm. right, like there are various factors that play into the job market, whether it's race, whether it's age, whether it's gender, whether it's, you know there's just many different things but I think that it's hard to say, but, like, managing your expectations on that level mm-hmm. is a thing. Um And just strategizing, like, if something isn't working for you, you have to be quick to say, this isn't it, right? Like, mm-hmm. for example, I looked at myself, right? I looked at all of the factors that I had, right? I looked at the pros that I had, and then I looked at all of the things that, you know, were quote-unquote cons. In, in the job market and I was like listen I don't think I'm gonna get very far by doing like your typical like application process of like you know apply here and then so on so forth so I was like okay now what, what can I use to my strengths like this is where I was like okay LinkedIn this was after applying for all of these job postings yada yada blah blah and being like Um and being like this isn't working for me. I'm getting automated responses, they're all rejections, and being like, okay, cool, like maybe it's LinkedIn that I have to use. So maybe I need to start messaging people. I need to make sure that my application, my profile is um top-notch, and I need to make sure my CV is always like at a good place. And then that's how I ended up getting it. Like I wasn't, you know, I was just like, Look, this is hard and there are various factors that are against me. And also I just think that I don't have the best luck personally. Maybe it was a bad mindset, but to be honest, I was just like, I think you know i was looking at people who had similar who were at similar levels to me who were getting further and i was just like hey i just think maybe it maybe it's the way my name looks that people are just not you know down for and then i just re-strategized and- yeah for 10 years fam there's something there to do in those 10 years <laughs> it might not be the job that's paying the salary that you, of your dreams but there's something there
0: so with especially that, if
1: you're a home student, like if you're a Kenyan finding a job in Kenya, there's no visa pressure for you.
0: But there's the whole unemployment. Our employment rates are skyrocketing by yeah. the day. Yeah, for
1: sure. So,
0: that uh,
1: is a big thing. In my ADR so class, we're learning about yeah.
0: having your partner, which is a short form for the best <laughs> alternative of. It's uh, a best alternative for agreement. <laughs> so like, even though you are, you said they're wanting a always have your plan B in place. Just just in case it doesn't have, you can always, you know, reinvent yourself and do better for plan B, which leads me to ask you Mm. about settling for less. So what is this less? You know how we're in a generation way I told don't settle for less, self-love and all that. So it's very hard for people to settle for, you know, what to them then seem like is Mm. the best for them. Or, for example, let me give you an example. If your parents, let's say, give you pocket money monthly for your upkeep right mm. then you're going to a job where they want to pay you 500 pounds mm. monthly
1: mm. would uh, you
0: take the job and just say because i'm starting off let me just take this job because eventually i'll progress or you'll be like
1: Ah, uh, no, no, then no. Because then you're gonna struggle. So no, you have to be practical with things, right? So I was in a lucky, I was in a good position when I got my job. Eventually, I did okay. My salary expectations, for example, plummeted very rapidly <laughs> when I realized I was not a computing student who was gonna earn 100k off the bat. Um, so I was like, okay, obviously that's not realistic. Um, but it was just a matter of what it, what am I prioritizing, right? So if I, okay, take that situation for example. First of all, um, ignore. Um, Take that example, for example, what am I? For example, your parents, uh, okay, you're getting a thousand pounds per month and then you're getting, you're being told that you'll be given 500. I'm in the UK, right? Mm -hmm. I have a choice to make. Do I take 500 pounds a month here in the UK or do I go back home where I can live with my parents for a little bit and try to sort things out?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's where you have to decide for yourself. Am I willing Mm -hmm. to settle for this in the UK because of all of the reasons why I think the UK is the best place for me versus doing it at home? Mm -hmm. I think it's a different situation if I was like in Kenya and the same thing happened to me where my parents would give me a hundred, a thousand pounds per day. And then yada, yada, blah, blah. I get the 500 pounds thing. I would then be like, okay, I really want a job. I'm here at home. I can live with my parents for a couple of months while I get paid this 500 pounds. And that can sort of give me a leg up. Yeah. So you, it's just about being practical and prioritizing for yourself, I think. Mm, mm. Like, what do you care about? And also being realistic. Like, when I say, for me, I don't agree with settling for less. But it Mm -hmm. depends on what your goal is. Mm. Yeah. That's just what I would do. Mm, That
0: makes a lot of sense, actually, coming to think about it. Because, again... At the end of the day, you said, depends on what your goal is. For you, for some people, you want your career to advance. So definitely, yeah. by you starting with the $500 as soon as possible, in the next one year, you can always, and there's yeah. always that statistic for people who switch jobs more often, get raises yeah. and advance more in their careers. Yeah. So when you're going for your next job, definitely you're negotiating from a point of, mm-hmm. I was being paid $500, and I need to be paid more, vis-a-vis being negotiating from a point of, yeah. I was not being paid, and now I need to pay me,
1: Yeah, you know. yeah mm -hmm. also and like i said my parents very very supportive people my mom was always just like listen it's your first job calm down relax. like this isn't like you know how i don't know if this wasn't true for my parents but i feel like maybe their parents where you get your first job and then you just stay there for like 30 years and yeah well i'm here for 30 years i have been here for 30 years no like that's not i i for me personally the way i always saw things and the way it was explained to me was like you're gonna shift and move which is also partially why i haven't done my master's yet like i could have very easily been the kind of person that said i will do biomed and immediately go into my master's but my mom was always like listen yeah Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you dig biomed i suggest do the and also the head of my scholarship like i said very very successful man he was like listen if i were you do your course do your undergrad your undergrad is also just not even the subject matters, but more so it's about, it's teaching you how to think. He was like, you're going to learn how to think in your undergrad. Then what I would do is then get a job and get several jobs, get multiple jobs, shift around, do what you want, do what's necessary, figure out the thing that you then like, then do your master's in that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool, like that's what's happening. So even in my, personally, I don't think I settled for less, but if I was in that situation, I would also be like, you know this isn't maybe it's not a long-term thing for me yeah and like you said just moving around being adaptable being agile at the end of the day a job is also just i say at the end of the day a lot
0: but (laughs) But, uh, but at the end of the day
1: (laughs) it's true but at the end of the day it's giving you the skills that you need to do better yeah so get the thing that's going to give you the best skills
0: as they say as someone said intelligence the ability to adapt and in a world that's very fast-paced very dynamic Mm -hmm. changing by the minute you have to be you know that type of person who's able to say okay this is not working let's try this you know
1: yeah so so i uh yeah No, I was just going to say, take my mom as an example. I just think I just roll her footsteps. And this is also not very true for the rest of my family. Like, not many people did this, but, like, for her, she did her undergrad in botany and zoology, also at UN, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she went on to be a secretary. And then she went on to do, I don't even know what. And then she went on to do, I don't know, procurement or some business things. And then she was like, cool, I really dig this. And then she did her MBA. Mm -hmm. So it was just, like, move around. Be agile. Yeah.
0: Keep your mind open. I think that's, again, one thing. Because a lot of us want to our way or the highway. So, keeping your mind open is very important. Yeah, And this is me telling myself this as I even enter that job market. And you should. should
1: (laughs) It's also so competitive. I also walked in being like, I want to do this one specific thing and I will not settle for less. And that was actually the mistake that I made with my internships. When I was looking for internships, I was like, this I want to do one thing and it's either that or it's the highway. And I only applied to things in that particular industry. And then I got to the end of that and I was like, okay, first of all, let's look at this industry as a whole. It's very, very competitive. We're in the middle of a pandemic, yada, yada, blah, 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 blah. And then I came into looking for graduate jobs and I was like, okay, maybe we shouldn't just stick to one thing. <laughs> maybe we should open our eyes to other things as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Be adaptable.
0: So that's the big appeal. So when I come to you uh, talking about this, remind me to listen to this episode.
1: keep one thing in mind be adaptable (laughs) (laughs) and cry if you need to i cried a lot you did so much oh god (laughs) (laughs) when things go wrong i just cry no actually no i'm not a big cryer, but i did cry a lot
0: no so even as you wind up i want you to tell me now the dynamics that have shifted have any dynamics shifted between you and your friends who when you did all didn't have jobs all of you talk about not having jobs and how stressful it is and how all of you are getting yeah. rejection letters by the day, but now you have a job and they don't have a job. And uh, yeah, so how how the conversation shifted? Um,
1: I think for me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the way I do friendships is interesting. I actually know, maybe it's just very common. I think that you have friends that not serve different purposes, that, but like the kind of conversation that you have differ between friends. Yeah. I have friends who we never talk about career stuff ever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not something we discuss. Like, my housemate, for example, who's one of my closest friends, we don't do talk about career stuff at mm-hmm. all. Um, and then I have my course friends who were all like, we're going to do masters. So mm-hmm. that was different. So I was like, we're not even on the same path. Um, so we wouldn't really talk like they wouldn't talk about their rejections if they got any, and I wouldn't really talk about mine because it just wasn't something we were talking about. And then I had friends who were like, you know, we have very similar career goals, very similar thoughts and ideas, and then that's all that we would talk about. But I do remember a period where it was like, oh, you meme about the rejections, but then mm. down inside you're sort of hoping that you're the first one <laughs> to get the <me> accepted <laughs> And I I stress a lot, and then mm-hmm. I had a friend and I was just like. We just at some point stopped talking about like career stuff. Mm-hmm. And then eventually when we reconvened after like like eight weeks or something, as we were like warming up the friendship again, it was like, oh yeah, oh it's just mentioned in conversation or in you know, in the back that we had both gotten something. Um, in terms of friends who don't have jobs, who 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 weren't on the master's route but who wanted jobs like I just have very interesting friends to be honest and I have friends who are very privileged here at least where they feel no pressure at all to find something so especially really like the home nice. students, I know wish it was me I like the home students for example and I can imagine I would have been the same guy if I was back home in Kenya it's like really like what pressure do you have to get a job like mm-hmm. yeah, it's i would have the pressure of like I just don't want to be sitting around doing nothing. I think I'd actually lose my mind. But like practically you're not gonna end up on the streets, you're not gonna end up deported if you don't get something immediately afterwards. Like worst case scenario, you just go back home and live with your parents, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So just being on very different levels so yeah yeah, i do have some unemployed friends but i don't feel like it's really making a difference yet at least i haven't started my role yet so i don't know Mm -hmm. that's gonna change yeah
0: now as you end up why don't you tell me about
1: yeah
0: just quickly uh now you're doing all these extracurricular since high school to uni
1: yeah
0: do you can you say you found what you're really passionate about in life
1: no (laughs) and i'm glad (laughs) no Uh I'm glad about it because I think that if I had found my passion now, I'd be awfully bored later on. Mm-hmm. I think it makes things kind of interesting
0: mm-hmm. to
1: have, you know, to have to sort of like, you know, it's like my little challenge to find that thing. I But I have learned the things that I like and the things that I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for example, I don't, anybody who knows me, I like introduce myself and I'm like, I don't like research. <laughs> it's like the second thing I say, I don't like working in the lab. I will never work in the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, But I like speaking to people, for example. I like um interacting speaking and interacting with people. Um, I like helping people, um and a bunch of other things. So I haven't found like that one thing to my parents' Mm -hmm. face, specifically my dad. But I would be bored if I had.
0: Yeah, I get that. (laughs) You
1: know? Maybe yeah. it would have been nicer. Maybe I would be a more successful person if I had if I knew mm-hmm. it. And I have friends that know they're just like, this is my thing. And they really, really worked towards it. And you know, their efforts have, have what is the term? Born fruits or bare
0: yeah.
1: Um but me personally I don't have that one thing. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think it's
0: fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. As long as I can pay the rent.
1: Uh huh. As long as I can pay the rent. Mm-hmm. And so it, should, yeah, all's good.
0: For me, it's podcasting, but things like I think yeah. you can always be, you can always have different passions, you know. Yeah. As you said, That's at cool, least for me, that, as like you, I try different I think, things. Yeah. Uh huh. Go ahead.
1: When you say podcasting, right? To me, I I don't hear you meaning like being a podcast presenter. I hear you, you know, taking away the things that you like about podcasts, being a presenter so that would be like you know in, interviewing people for example it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you will forever be a podcast presenter you might end yeah. up being you know so many other things it's you yes. know maybe it's searching for it for guests is something that you might enjoy like you know it's different it's it's not like the job itself it's the things that come with the job that's
0: the one i don't enjoy that's okay. the one but but you don't <laughs> like looking for people yeah
1: what <laughs> Why? Because
0: it's the hardest. It's literally the hardest part.
1: No, that's where your networking and your people skills come in.
0: Exactly. So the networking bit of it is the interesting part. However, I've had guests on the podcast, and I'm having to carry like my back is breaking from carrying this conversation. I'm just like, I thought this was a good guest in theory. Really? Then on the podcast, just like, "Mm, God, no way, really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: Uh, I've never thought about that.
0: Hey, that's for another day. But yeah, like at least for me, that's the one story. of the worst. And then obviously, I'm in online school, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not meeting too many people.
1: You're still in online school. Imagine. You, you, need, you need to
0: square up. Please. So I'm not meeting too many people. So obviously, like my network is not expanding as it uh, should no, be.
1: Nope. Nope. No. You're limiting yourself.
0: Yeah. So now, which means I you have to do be online. Yourself. Because.
1: And mm-hmm. that's fine. You do them online. You make mm-hmm. do with what you have. Like, you can do so much. You can Tell me do so about much it. with the online. Mate, like I said, LinkedIn is one place. Like, you can build connections online. There are people who've met their soulmates online. Like, <laughs> that should not be a thing that's limiting you at all. You have Especially to. Especially in this skills.
0: day and age, not in 2022, at least. No. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let the guys tweet at us at the Bushiran port, Follow us at the good, the bad, and the on Instagram. And tell us what are your thoughts on this episode. I personally have enjoyed this episode a lot because we've talked about very many things. So guys, tell me what is your takeaway from this episode. Have a lovely week ahead, folks. And cheers.